0: Hi, and welcome to a, another episode of the Rugby Rabbi podcast. This is Rabbi Zev Khan, and I want to wish you all a very happy Pesach. We are about to go into Shabbos and the last two days of Pesach. And the central event of the last two days of Pesach are, of course, uh, the events of the splitting of the sea, where God split the sea. Uh, Just as the Egyptians were chasing after uh, Bnei Yisrael, the uh, Jewish people, and the miracles associated with them, uh, the Jews went through on dry land. The Egyptians followed them. When the Jews got out, uh, God then uh, brought the seas back and drowned the Egyptians. So I want to just touch on two ideas. There's so much to say uh, about the splitting of the Red Sea. And in fact, if you remember from the Haggadah, there's a disagreement amongst the rabbis how many miracles there were at the Red Sea. Some uh, One rabbi says it was Uh, five times as many plagues or five times as many miracles at the sea as there were during the 10 plagues. One says uh, 10 times, one says 50 times. So uh, one idea to understand what the argument is, is that once the Jews got on the other side of the Red Sea and saw their enemies uh, drowning and realized that they were free completely, uh, they had a greater awareness, a greater understanding of everything that had happened. Uh, and so with that greater awareness, they were able to see the miracle in a much clearer light. Uh, and that often happens in our own lives, is that in the midst of something, we we sometimes don't see uh, the great things that have happened to us in our lives. And it's only after we come out of them that we s- that, that we see with clarity uh, the miracles that have happened. And, uh, of course, uh, as we are coming out of this year-long quarantine and virus, uh, some faster than others, and in some countries faster than others, I just saw a video of Jews going to the Birkos Kohanim, the, the blessings of the Kohanim that is traditionally given at the Kotel, the Western Wall, And I don't know how many people there were there, but last year, you know, there were very few, if any, because we were right at the beginning of the pandemic. But now that the pandemic is, please God, coming to an end, we can look back and see all the miracles that took place and how uh, those of us who got through it and survived, our family and friends who survived, uh, how grateful we are, how thankful we are for all the miracles that took place. I was just thinking, even the fact that uh, we even have a vaccine uh, that you know many people spent many many months working on, spending you know, enormous amounts of money, and we can sign up and get a, a vaccine for free. That's that's a miracle, and that's something we should be very very grateful for. And please, God, everyone should get the vaccine. We should uh, all. Uh, be healthy, and we should appreciate each other. We should appreciate all that God has done for us uh, to bring us to this day. But getting back to the splitting of the sea, there's a, a line in the Talmud in Sanhedrin that says that it is as difficult to match two people up for God, that is, than splitting the Red Sea. And it's a very unusual statement. Uh, first of all, nothing's difficult for God, but what's the comparison between uh, matching two people up and the splitting of the sea? Uh, there's also another statement uh, in a different volume of the Talmud that says it's as difficult to provide a person with his living, his livelihood, as it is to split the sea, and again, what's difficult for God to provide uh, the livelihood? We believe God provides all of our livelihoods, and it's not difficult for Him. It's difficult for us, and it's difficult for us to find our our spouse, but it's not difficult for God. So, uh, I heard a an idea from a mentor of mine, and good friend, Rabbi Avram Edelstein, and something to think about again as we come through this uh, this pandemic. He said that it's not difficult for God. What the statement of the Talmud is saying is that from our perspective, it looks difficult to God. Why does it look difficult to us? Because when we look at the spreading in the sea and we look at all the events that took place For this one event to happen, we have to not just go back to the final plague and why Pharaoh decided to pursue the Jews, um, but not even to the beginning of the 10 plagues altogether. But when we go further back in the story, tracing it all the way back to uh, when the Jews came down to Egypt, when Joseph came down, uh, why Joseph was sold into slavery in the first place. Every single detail had to be worked out and coordinated uh, to absolute perfection in order for these events to take place. And so uh, what uh, we see when we look at an event like the splitting of the sea, we see that there are many, many uh, things that take place that we might not even know about that, that... contribute to uh, something taking place and so the same with two people who go out and date and get engaged get married that when we trace it back not just to the you know their dating uh, experience and not just to the people uh, that introduced them or uh, you know when they uh, first started thinking about dating but you really have to go back to uh, their childhood, how they were raised, the city they were raised, the kind of experiences they had in their lives. All those things uh, contribute to their dating experience and their decision to get married. And God is coordinating all of those as well. And he puts us in situations and he uh, provides opportunities for us in our lives. And that doesn't just apply to dating. It applies to Not just to our livelihood, it really applies to every single thing in our lives. And uh, it helps us appreciate all the miracles that take place in our lives every single day and have taken place not just in our own lives, but in the lives of our family going back, you know, many, many generations. Uh, And it gives us a greater appreciation. And so as we we come to Pesach, we should spend some time. We have two days. Outside of Israel, to appreciate and to think about all the things that God has done for us to get us to where we are today. And we should certainly appreciate them all. And we should use this period of Pesach. You know, really, uh, Pesach has got so many lessons to teach us. We learned so many lessons on the nights of the Seder, uh, but really, all throughout Pesach, eating the matzah is a way for us to sort of ingest all these ideas uh, about God running the world, about all the kindness that God does for us, the bitachon, the trust that we should have in God. And it's it's something really we should be on that level the whole year round, but it's very very hard to be on that high level. So we take this one week and then we concentrate it and then we work hard to maintain that level for as long as we can throughout the year. And in fact, we have many tools to do that. Uh, uh, this period of time, which really started the day after Pesach, has got a name. It's called Svirasa Omer. Svirasa Omer means counting of the Omer, which refers to a special sacrifice that was brought um, uh, at the uh, after the seven weeks after Pesach uh, when we received the Torah at Mount Sinai. Uh, called Shavuot, and we count seven weeks, starting on the second day of Pesach, every single day. And uh, it's a big mitzvah, and the rabbis talk about lots of mystical ideas behind it. But I just want to share one of, you know, two ideas. Um, you know, we come into the time of the year Especially if you live in a place like Chicago, where the weather's starting to get better, and after we've been, you know, bundled up for the winter and been in quarantine, we're all looking forward to getting out, uh, you know, exercising and, you know, relaxing a little bit. Uh, and as we get to the summer, people look forward to vacation and and taking a break. But in Judaism, this is actually a very uh, important time for personal growth. It's not just that we're counting the days to get up to Shavuot, but the the Jewish people, why didn't they get the Torah the day after they came out of Egypt? Because they needed to be spiritually prepared. They were physically saved. They'd become a free nation, free people after they came out of Egypt, but they weren't spiritually ready. They needed time to prepare themselves. And we need to prepare ourselves every year because every Shavuot, we not just reenact or remember the giving of the Torah. We believe that the spiritual energy is in the world again, that we are given the Torah again as if it was given for the first time that day. So we need to prepare ourselves for that. And so... Uh, there are different systems to prepare. One of them, for example, is to learn one chapter of Ethics of the Fathers. There's six chapters of Ethics of the Fathers. Those are ethical teachings, and uh, people have got the custom once a week on Shabbat to read a chapter, and then on the last week to read all six of them as a review. And then some people continue throughout the summer. Uh, There's also uh, one of the teachings in the Ethics of the Fathers talks about 48 ways of acquiring wisdom, different uh, suggestions, ideas. And uh, Rabbi Noach Weinberg from Asia Torah actually made this famous and he used to give classes on this. And there's a book that's written about the 48 ways of wisdom. And so you can study one of those a day. If you go on to AISH.com, A-I-S-H.com, you'll find uh, a lecture on each of those ways and you can do one of those a day. We're now on day number four. Now, uh, in the um, Kabbalistic way of looking at the world, there are something called Svirot or spheros, spheros, uh which is an idea that uh, uh, the world has got 10 emanations in, uh, and uh, in this period of time in history uh, until Messiah comes, Uh, We really focus on seven of them. Now, I'm not a big Kabbalist. I don't really understand them very well. But each of the spheres has got a certain characteristic trait associated with it. So, for example, in the first week, uh, the first trait is called Chesed, or loving kindness. The second week is called Gvura. The third week is called Teferis, And these are all different character traits, different emanations, spiritual forces. And so each character trait is actually divided into seven. So the first day is chesed, shebe the kindliness within kindliness. And the second day is strength within kindliness. Uh, and then the f- the second week is, the whole week is strength. And so the first day of the second week is going to be kindliness within strength. And you need a teacher, you need a rabbi to explain what exactly this means. Rabbi Frame Twersky, who's Rabbi Avkahal Hasinim, around the corner from where we live, he sends out a message uh, every day talking about uh, what each of these means and how we can apply it to our daily lives. Uh, There's also, um, you can find these online as well, but there's one book that I have by Rabbi Yaakov Haber called Spiritual Refinement Through Counting the Omer. And each day (coughs) he gives three different action points For the day. So, for example, today is day number four, which is eternity within kindness. So, he has three action points one relating to your relationship with God, one your relationship with others, and one your relationship with yourself. And so, for example, for today, he says, with your relationship with God, make a commitment to saying even one line of the prayer of your prayers with proper intention. Focusing on what the words mean. What about your relationship with others? Do something with your children or your students that will last in their memories relating to eternity. And then with yourself, think of the things that your parents did for you that you, that made a lasting impression and changed your life. And if you can, thank them. Now, each of these are things that you could maybe spend a lot of time on. And if you've got a book like this, you're not expected to become perfect in each and every one of these over the 49 days. But you might find something that, you know, speaks to you and that you can work on. But the main point is that this is a period of time to do some introspection. We've just had a wonderful holiday of Pesach. we got the last two days to really lock the the lessons of Pesach in and then to take the remaining days until Shavuot so that when we come to Shavuot, we'll be ready to accept the Torah anew, be reinvigorated by the giving of the Torah and uh, be excited about it. And so I want to wish you all a very, very uh, happy Pesach, meaningful Pesach. Uh, Enjoy Shabbos. It's very special to have Shabbos and Pesach together. And look forward to uh, speaking to you again soon. Bye-bye.